Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering here at Tolaris. Today, we are on talking security, but we're talking with Ben Bowman, the man with the most well-manicured beard in the channel. He's also the director Ooh. of solution engineering for Comcast and Macergy on the Indirect channel. Ben, welcome on, my man. Hey, thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. So today, the track is, why should I not run a security operations center on my own? Obviously, from the customer perspective. So Ben, before we kind of get into a little bit of the why and your product sets and some, some deals and things like that, I want to hear your story. Uh, talk to me about your personal background, how you got into this world. Is it a linear path and you always wanted to be this or did you have some crazy jobs along the way? Yeah, I'd say this definitely wasn't linear. And even working in technology was kind of a nod. Like if I go back to like my days in high school and what I was focused on, it definitely nothing in technology. In fact, when I got my first technology job. I had never even owned a computer at that point. But anyhow, I was, I was reading a newspaper at a Denny's. I was working as a waiter at Denny's when I was 18 years old. And it was back when the MCSEs were getting very popular, right? Mm -hmm. the, the Microsoft certifications were gaining traction. I'd heard some side people talking about people were making a ton of money as an MCSE. And that really was the motivation. I was like, well, maybe I don't have to work at Denny's anymore or something like that. And so I went and signed up for a MCSE course. I uh, ended up getting my certification, was hired by a friend of mine who was running a IT department. He was an IT director for an international printing company uh, out in Utah. And he hired me on just part-time to give me a little bit of experience. And that just kind of took off from there. He actually quit one year later. I started running the computer department after like one year of total computer experience. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's all, yeah, it's all surreal to me. I mean, literally, like I didn't need, he gave me my first computer as a Windows 95 by 86, a three by 86, like Windows 95 machine because I didn't own one. But I just somehow picked it up. I mean, Google was my best friend, right? I just would Google everything. And and within two years, you know, I was I was running the department and it just, again, it just kind of organically worked out. And then I ended up getting into the consulting side of things after that. And I think that was great experience seeing that buying side and being the IT director. And then also like getting into the consulting and understanding that, but understanding the pain points that you have when you're dealing with vendors, especially the communication and all the, all those kind of problems in technology, you know, it, it helped me a ton. So uh, what I heard from that is that next time we get together, we're going to Denny's. We're going where? To Denny's. Yes, Denny's. I was I was a great waiter at Denny's, and I, you know what's funny is you, I always talk about like uh, EQ over IQ when it comes to technology yeah. and engineering, right? I always talk about that, and I learned a lot of those soft skills at being a waiter, like learning how to communicate with people, talk with people, and I think sometimes, obviously, you're great at it, but I think that's one of the issues that we have in engineering is there's a lot of engineering who can design and and know technology, but they can't talk about technology in a way that makes sense to other people. 100%. We talk about it uh, for SE. We talk about, do you want big S, little E, or little S, big E? Yeah. And I think the the idea of big E is gone. Uh, it's the yeah. big S that certainly prevails. 
A- absolutely. And and we'll talk about more. I mean, a little bit more about how companies look at, especially, you know, I know we're talking about SOC today and everything, mm-hmm. but how companies look at that. And, and that's why that, you know, that bit, the big ass is so, the so, is so important. Agree. So let's talk about uh, your current role. Uh, you know, really your current role, then talk to me about the whole Mesa G Comcast thing. Yeah, so my current role is the director of solution engineering, like you said, for the indirect channel. So my role and my team's role is a dedicated engineering resource for the channel. We just talked about that soft skill, right? That engineering skill as far as being able to tell a message and, and talk to a community that of sellers that don't really understand the weeds or get into the weeds of technology, right? And that's what my team does is we go out and we talk about the technology, but we more talk about how are you leveraging the technology? How do you speak about the solutions that we offer and use that to open doors? So we're having technical sales training almost with a, with a partner community, just helping them, again, understand how to open the door. And I think when you're talking to the partners, the most difficult thing isn't really having the conversation with the customer, because once you're doing that, you brought in you, right? You brought in your engineers, you brought in the vendors, engineers, and the experts. The most difficult thing in sales is actually opening the door and having that conversation. And so when you can tie that technology into something that's relevant to the partner community, it, it just really, it, it really means a lot to them. It resonates. They're very appreciative. So, so talk then about, uh, I love the approach. I agree. I think you do a phenomenal job at that approach. Uh, and, and we really love that, you know, how, how much we can lean on you uh, and it, it helps us. It makes our job easier. And so, uh, you know, there's a, there's this convergence with the Comcast Masergy side and mm-hmm. talk to me, I mean, we're, to me, I think we're just talking about a subset of the product sets that you guys have today. But, yeah. but talk to me about, you know, you came from that Masergy side and, and you know, I want to want to have the partners that maybe haven't worked with the broader family of the Comcast and Masergy. Really, what's what's all consistent in there from a product set? What's the approach? Yeah, I mean, the, if you look at the core of the product set, right, if you if you want to call it the pillars or the three pillars, and this is you could almost say the three pillars of many technology companies, right? Security voice and collaboration and network, right? I mean, and if you just sum it up to that, like that's really still nothing's changed, right? I mean, that, that's still what those three pillars are. In fact, that's still what Comcast three pillars are. There's a couple things that I think both of us have done. And the way I look at it is Comcast has became a better company because of acquiring Masergy and Masergy has definitely became a better company because of that, that acquisition. So Masergy has always operated on a global scale. That is one thing that Comcast has never really been able to do. They've never been able to get into that global, the the global deals, the, those bigger deals that, again, that, sp- that spread acl- across um, every nation, mm-hmm. which we're able to do. Now, what we aren't, weren't able to do, especially like where most of our funding was with VC, you know, private equity, things like that, is we weren't really able to scale. So we had the solutions, we had these very advanced and very unique solutions, but we were never able to scale those solutions because once the venture capitalists like made their initial investment, they don't really invest more into like that R&D. So we got, we get great R&D up front, we get great investment up front, and then it kind of taper off. Now with Comcast, I mean, we're, we're going from a, from a decent sized company to work now working for a $200 billion, $250 billion company. So now that budget changes and what we're able to do and what we're focusing on now, especially in the security sector is, is really changing. So it's been great. I mean, I was hesitant, honestly, like at first I was like, I didn't see that coming, but it's been really pleasant. 
So yeah, no, good point. Uh, talk to me about, I mean, this, you, you've got a lot of background on the security side. You, you see a lot of things and I know we just summed it up with security and, and, and connectivity and voice and that. What do you like most about this? What, you know, of all the things you get to touch of all the parts of your role, what do you like the most? Well, I'd say, and this goes with security, but technology. And I always like having that bigger technology conversation because I think, and especially when we're talking about security now, security touches every aspect of a technological ecosystem, right? I mean, you have to agree that we can't talk about voice, network, cloud applications without talking about security. So when I when I look at technology and what I've always loved about it, and even talking to when I was 22 years old, right, just became an IT director, I like the business strategy. I like solving business problems. And I always talk about that. And when, of course, Josh, when you hear me talk, I'm always talking about we solve business problems, not technology problems. Yeah. And I love that. I love going in and almost reversing what's done. Like right now we talk about a lot of engineers go in and they say, okay, well, we're, this is what we're going to do to solve the problem. And so immediately they get on their problem solving. This is what and how we're going to do it, but they don't go into the, why are we doing it? Like, why is it needed? And that, that's what I like. I like looking first at why is that technology needed? Why do, why do you need a maybe a SOC as a service or an MDR platform? Why do you need SD-WAN? Why do you need any por portion of technology? And it's interesting, my, my CEO, when I go back to my, or president of the company, owner of the company, to my starting days in IT, he sat me down and he's like, look, I don't really care like how easy your job is. He didn't mean this rude. He's like, but what I care about and what your job is to do is to make everybody else's job easier. Mm -hmm. Right. And so right there from a like from young age, 22 years old, I was taught that, look, I'm brought on board from an IT standpoint to solve business problems, to increase productivity, to make the company money. He didn't want to use IT as a cost center. He wanted to, he wanted me to turn IT into a profit center. And so, again, that's just kind of given me this passion of I love looking at things from a strategic business standpoint, not just a technology standpoint. Love it. Um, let's talk about innovation here. We're going to get into SOC and maybe a little bit of MDR and all that good stuff and what that is, what it means, what you guys are doing. Yeah. But talk to me for a second before we get into the OEMs and all of that. Talk to me about innovation. Um, you know, you, you talked about, you know, you, what your ability was to do previously now, given what you're part of. What's the approach to to innovation, right? If we're, mm -hmm. we're we're kind of fast forwarding a little bit, but but how does the how does the Comcast side of things and the Maestro side of things now approach uh, innovation to stay in front of what's next? Yeah, and I, I think this just ties into how the story of Maestro has developed. Now the acquisition of Comcast is further developing it. So Maestro at its core, is an engineering and innovation company. I mean, that's like from the beginning time where I started at Maestro G, that's, that's how we talked about it. So when you look at how we have invested the money, let's say, and I talk about the VC firms coming in, they invest and then the, you don't get quite the investment. We have a very small sales team. I think overall 24 sellers in the whole company of Maestro G. So going back into the roots, you know, we'd have 24, maybe 30 sellers. And we relied of course on the partner community, right? On, on uh, great partners like Tolaris and, and such. So they didn't invest heavily in sales. And I think that's where a lot of companies do is it's just heavy investment in sales and just trying to get as much, yeah. again, sales. I mean, they're not really looking at the quality of it, just the, the amount of it. Maestro G did a different approach where they focused on engineering. So we are very engineering heavy. 
we are very R&D heavy. If you look at what we did with software-defined networking at the beginning, we were doing SD-WAN through our core network before SD-WAN was even being talked about 20 years ago. Then you get into the security aspect and we developed our MDR or managed detect and response offering, which you can also call right the SOC as a service or MSS, uh, depending on how you look at that. We invested in our own proprietary scene, our own security analytics engine. So of course we still do use the, that best of, I don't really like best of breed, but best of platform yeah. approach, meaning we have managed Sentinel one, uh, managed BitGlass purchased by Forcepoint. And we put this all into this security analytics engine through, again, R&D. Now, what's cool with Comcast coming in is Comcast is coming in with a, obviously a larger wallet. They're coming, with an e coming in with an eagerness to expand these services and grow these services. And really their primary focus is what we're seeing in the industry and that security. So what we're tracking towards is not so much towards a sassy type of everyone's chasing sassy right mm -hmm. but we're, we're more approaching that sse approach right that security service edge approach and and that's where all of our r d right now is going into in the next year uh, it, within the next year you're going to see a significant i mean improvement in what is already a very strong offering with us uh when you're talking about SOT, edr mdr xdr and all those so let's uh you touched on some really key things there let's dive in further too as we're we're expanding what is in the security realm for you. You talked EDR, MDR. You talked uh, Sentinel One. We mm -hmm. talked, uh, you know, we talked BitGlass. Layout. Let's lay out either all those OEMs or OEMs and products, and then let's dive into how that kind of feeds into your SOC offering. Sure. And so, and let's actually start. I'm going to even take one step back of something we don't mention, and I, and I and I agree why we approach security this way. So obviously, that first layer of defense is uh, most often your firewall, right? Mm -hmm. And so, our first SOC offering, when you talk about how is that security operations center, what are they initially looking at, and that starts with a firewall. We use Fortinet, and that's a TMR, a threat monitoring response service, right? And so, I think that's where we start when you talk about an OEM or a you, that threat monitoring response uh, has a lot of visibility, a lot of proactive updates, a lot of proactive responses to that, what I call that north-south traffic, right? What's coming in and out and looking at that. So that's that first layer. And I always talk about defense in depth, right? When you're talking about security, it's not having one layer of defense. It's having in-depth defenses to block all these vectors of attacks that are coming at us nowadays, right? So that's, so that's that very first layer. Now, the next layer, and let's just talk about the most simplistic layer, but still key, is that east-west traffic. So now we've got the, our EDR, or endpoint detect response, and it's really a managed Sentinel-1 offering. And what that's protecting against, against ransomware. And you could call that next-generational virus, next-generation virus protection, because instead of looking at signatures, it's looking at behaviors. Right. So it's looking, uh, a ransomware doesn't go in and have it the same kind of look and feel every single time it goes in, they're adapting it to the company, to the environment and everything, connecting to different IPs, setting up processes within it. So now we're looking at behaviors within that environment that is also managed by our SOC. That to me, honestly, is the biggest bang for your buck in the security industry right now. Just, you know, it starts at $7 a seat. I mean, with... Uh, managed Sentinel One with a sock wrapped around it and remediation capabilities. So I, I just uh, it shocks me um, that that it's that low, and it, it's really uh, it's a big deal with our with our customers and with our partners. We're making a lot of progress with that now. 
We go into CASB, which is that cloud access security broker, right? So how are you protecting your Azure environments, how you're protecting your Office 365 and those cloud environments. Now, I will say that CASB, I think that's going to be really taking off probably in about a year and a half, two years. I mean, we, it's part of that SASE, you know, the ZTNA CASB It's part of that, that SASE framework that we talk about, but it's going to gain momentum. I won't say it's there yet. The need is there, but it's not as big of a need as it will be in two years as we continue this cloud migration, right? This, this edge migration for security. And then the, the last portion of it, uh, of the SKUs that we offer is our MDR, Manage, Detect, and Response. Again, SOC as a service. I try to use different acronyms because there's, you know, there's so many, right, in the industry. So SOC as a service or MSS, Managed Security Services, your MSS. And that, that really is kind of your ultimate. That's your bigger offering. That's a, a full-fledged security service. It comes with remediation, a SIM, which is actually digesting and looking at the packets. It's looking at the events. It's monitoring, again, the behaviors within the network. And that, again, that's a higher-end a higher end approach. We also have sensors and, and different points of access that we're collecting information from on the network. And, and so that's how you tie that whole... I, that that holistically together, right? So you start at the firewall. If we're selling uh, an SD-WAN, which is still a lot of SD-WAN cells coming in, we're starting there. And then we're talking about the endpoints, how are we protecting the endpoints? We're talking about their cloud applications. And then we're talking about that holistic approach to security and how much visibility. And really when you talk about security, it is all about visibility, right? So speaking of visibility, I uh, appreciate you laying all those things out. I think that helps give give people an uh, understanding of the, the, the depth and the breadth of the product set. When we talk a little bit more about specifically visibility uh, on the, the one right before this, we, we were on with Jeff Hathcote from, from Tolaris and talked mm -hmm. about kind of the, the math behind why it doesn't make sense for somebody to go do their own SOC. Uh, yeah. and now, I know you guys obviously have an opinion on that. You've achieved great economies of scale and you've got a great product with that. Mm -hmm. So I would love to now maybe dive into uh, with regard to the SOC offering. It, it feels like a couple of years ago, uh, people thought, no, I've got the teams. I've got the talent. I can watch this. The, the world isn't as bad of a place it is, as it is now. Mm -hmm. But uh, now we're talking lack of talent, lack of people, no automation. What do you see? Yeah. What do you see your SOC offering doing, differentiating, and then maybe we'll, as you kind of lay the foundation for that, then we can kind of go into an example. Well, yeah. First, there's a stat I always like, to, and it's an important stat when we're talking about this. There's 3.5 million unfulfilled secure cybersecurity positions out there, so just open. And I was listening to something. It was back, it was a podcast back in 2019, and they they were talking about like that that was going to happen, and sure enough, it, it would happen. The other interesting thing that kind of ties into that story is the number one problem businesses have. Again, it's not technology. It's not even cybersecurity. In essence, the number one problem they have is like employee retention. Yeah. And number of employees and we we see that right we feel that if we go to restaurants nowadays if we go to any kind of retail like we know that they're understaffed it's just an inherent problem it's the same with the it's it's the same with these companies and you think about retention right so yeah even if you can actually find your security person 
and we'll go into why a security person doesn't work. <laughs> but if you go and you find your security person, retaining that security person is going to be difficult because there's so many offers and so many people trying to get in. But when you look at security being a 24-7 job, and this is the need for the SOC, right? This is the real need for a SOC. It takes, it would take six full-time people to be able to manage, truly manage your security system. Security is a 24-7 job. You can't sit there and, and rely on one guy. I said, even if you found one person, and then I kind of laughed because I was like, well, that one person, what's he doing on the weekend? What's he doing on Saturday at 2.30 in the morning? So that's really what we're seeing as far as that, that need and how we're, we're helping uh, customers with it. And I, and I would say the trends are falling within the partner community. If you look at the number one solution right now, it's always UCAS and CCAS. I mean, that's what we always see across the board right now. And that, that's just because of the amount of phone systems and the replacement of old legacy PBX systems is still happening. So that's natural. But the two things we're seeing most rapidly catch up to UCAS, CCAS is security and managed services. Yeah, 100% agree. Right. And, and this is exactly why, exactly what we're talking about. Now, how we approach it differently, again, is a holistic approach. When we, when Comcast Business and Maestrogy looks at a security solution or, or, a, or we're, do, we're deep diving in with a customer, we're not just looking at security, we're having to look at it under all the lenses. I talked earlier, right, about how you have to look at your voice, collaboration, your network, but that's the approach that I think that we're taking differently. And I always say, if you, if you have someone who just does security, go in and look at the security environment. That's all they're going to look at in that environment. But usually they're not going to expand into these other aspects that they're not comfortable with yeah. voice collaboration, cloud applications, everything else. Same with a, a voice. You bring someone in who just does voice. Well, then guess what? You're only going to talk about voice. Technology doesn't work like that in, in, anymore. We can't have single threaded conversations and the conversations that we're having with customers, I'd say is a differentiator because our services are related around and our conversations are around protecting the holistic environment, not just one aspect of it. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I think you guys have a, having that suite of services is really unique because you can talk about wherever they're at, at, at the branch, at the edge, mm -hmm. needing voice, not watching that and correlating that. And I think that's, to me, that's the secret uh, that, you know, we talk a lot about and you see a lot of stats about dwell time, how long bad guys are in the environment before people even know. And to your point, I think you've got a great offering there that gives people that telemetry and then not only gives them the telemetry, but then lets you actually take action on it on their behalf, right? To your point. So great, great, great overlay, I think, on the product. For taking more, I was going to throw out there too, that we like with us, we sell 2.7 solutions per opportunity because of that approach. Mm -hmm we also are able to uncover more needs because if you're having a security conversation, you don't know what you're protecting and who you're protecting, then you really can't expand that conversation. But then once you go into every aspect, again, I talked about that technological ecosystem. Now you're talking about voice. What are you doing with voice? Are you happy with voice? You're talking about network. You're talking about cloud. You're talking about applications. And the coolest thing for the partner community in my mind and for your, for the Tolaris sellers is I am limited by the capabilities of my technology with the conversation I can have. But you, you guys are unlimited, meaning that you can overcome, you have unlimited ways to overcome objections, unlimited routes to go, unlimited things you can talk about when it comes to technology, because you do it all. You're able to provide a solution in the entirety of every need of a company or every need that a customer has. Yeah, makes it, makes our, our jobs easy. I, I always say, 
setting up the appointment and knocking that down uh, is is way harder than us showing up and talking tech for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's bring this thing home here with an example. I would love to hear. Give me a situation that you got brought into. What were you told the need was? Uh, we can keep customer names out of this if need be for sure. But you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Did you did you get brought in and say, ah, you know, we just need a firewall? Can you come talk to us about what you guys can do with Fortinet? And then you know, reality, what did it amount to? Right? If it started out weird, or if it was exactly like it it looked, but what did it replace? What did it do? What did it solve? Yeah. Well, so if you don't mind, I've, I've got one really quick one that's going to lean in on this on the managed Sentinel one and why that's such. I mean, it, it's such a low-hanging fruit for the partner community. And then I've got one that maybe we can dig in a little bit more. That's more of that holistic approach that starts somewhere and ends somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we were working with an ophthalmology uh, company and a partner brought us in on an ophthalmology company. They call me and they say, look, they already have a proof of concept with Sentinel-1 installed. Uh, is it worth you guys talking to them? I mean, they, they really need help with management. They don't have a big staff. Do you guys even want to talk? And I was like, yeah, let's at least see what, what they're doing to management, what, what it looked like. And 2,700 seats. I, I told you again, it starts at $7 a seat. We're actually able to get this down to $5.40, which was really cool. But um, we, we, start, we start there. We go in, we sit down. And once we start talking about the SOC capabilities and what the remediation, what we do with Sentinel-1, helping set up the environment, on, helping them understand the detect and protect of Sentinel-1. Of course, that's a bigger conversation. Going into how we fine-tune the environment for best protection and then continue to monitor it, make sure it's updated. It easily made sense for them to actually be like, okay, we're just going to purchase Sentinel-1 from you guys with your SOC, right? So that managed Sentinel-1 made sense. And it's not that we're competing. Sentinel-1 still wins in that case, right? Because they're still, they're still getting that win. But when you throw that SOC and that management, the remediation, you always the MDR what does the R stand for really response but really what is that remediation what are you doing yeah. it ended up being a really a no-brainer and they, they swung that over yeah. and then that partner actually brought us in on another 2500 seat uh, EDR or managed system one deal e immediately after that that we we're able right. to win and those turnaround times are like from the time we talked to the company to when we closed the deal and got signatures was a week and a half wow. the install was 30 days so I mean that means the partner is getting paid very fast, and there's not as many problems as your traditional. Once you start throwing bandwidth and connectivity right. in any solution, right. right? It's like who knows. So anyhow, that, that's kind of a quick one. But the another one I like to look at is uh, it's a healthcare company, uh, kind of back east. And we go in, we start having a conversation with them and really they were needing some changes on their SD-WAN network. Now we always hear, right, MPLS is dead. But private connectivity within SD-WAN isn't, which is kind of still that same idea with MPLS, right? We, sometimes you need that private layer two connectivity to do some things that you can't do over public internet. So we start having the conversation about SD-WAN. And then remember that, that transition and that, like, that flow that I talked about with security. So, of course, we start talking about the security aspects and their needs within the router and firewall. And come to a need, okay, well, definitely TMR, right? They have a short, they're sh very short staff from an IT standpoint. I think they were running, it was like four total IT uh, people on staff. And this is with over 40 locations. So now we're, now we're talking about TMR and firewall. Okay. And that's, now we, now we start pro probing, right? We start digging deeper into, okay, well, what else? Like, what are we protecting? What's going on in your environment? We always say, 
it's people, processes, and technology. And that's the way we approach these conversations, right? So now we start talking about people. We start talking about the processes and start finding out that they're very under, they're not secured within that east-west traffic that we're talking about. They had a need for EDR. We also found out that they had a lot of work from home users. So they needed EMS. They needed the Fortinet client on there to be able to remote into the network. With EMS provides some additional like security functions on the endpoint with through Fortinet and the Fortinet client. And then we also find out that they're in the middle of a Teams integration, right? What are you doing for voice? And now this now we get into the voice and they need help with the Teams integration. We end up selling 500 seats of Teams Direct Direct Connect. So at the, by then, by the time we're done, we're starting at maybe a $35,000 SD-WAN conversation. And we start talking about security, voice collaboration, and even some cloud peering that we were doing through our Equinox data exchange. This had grown into a $77,000 deal. Ooh. Now, fast forward another year after this is all done and installed, now we're looking over about $102,000 a month spend on, the, on this uh, customer. And it, again, it, start, it starts small. I mean, 40, 30, that's not small, right? I understand. That's not small, small, but it starts on that smaller end. Once we start talking about security and holistically what we do, and you go, you layer on top of that, the customer experience, again, whenever a customer calls into us, they're getting a engineer, not a ticket taker, anyone like that. It just, it just made sense for them. It, it, it relieved so much pressure from them from a security standpoint, from a resource standpoint. And not only that, it actually grew their security posture to something formidable and respectful. Love it. Good examples. Uh, okay. So, Ben, we're going to land this plane. Um, I want you to look into your crystal ball in Ben's humble opinion. You know, we've, we've done this 180 from where years ago people would not even let us put a managed any kind of box in their environment. Now we're managing whatever gear they have. We're augmenting that. We're putting edge software on with, you know, things like Sentinel one, all of these things. And now outsource sock and everything that comes into that. So if you look out six, 12, even 24 months, where do you see this going? Do you see the Casby things being more prevalent? Do you see us staying down the course? What are your thoughts? Yeah. So there's two things that come to mind when I'm thinking about kind of the future. And that there's two things that we're seeing that are very telling. One, less than 1% of cyber crimes are prosecuted. And if you think about that, I mean, obviously that's telling us, look, like cyber crimes are not going, it's not going away. I always ask if less than 1% of bank robberies were prosecuted, how many of us would be out robbing banks, right? right. <laughs> like it'd be right. obviously bank robberies would be a huge problem, right? And, and I just think that we're going to see, obviously see a rise in, in cyber crimes and even uniqueness and complexity, complexity of these crimes. Okay. Now, the next thing that I heard, this, this was the Forbes thing that I was talking about earlier, is that if we took every single person enrolled in, let's say, technology-related college or training or what even the mcse stuff right all that stuff we took everyone wrote enrolled into taking care of technology problems or that that eventual career path we still want to be able to fulfill the cybersecurity shortage right even with all of them and a lot of them aren't even going into right cybersecurity a lot of them are in programming or different technology or different areas related to technology so that problem the people problem is not going away so I think what we're going to see is actually a continued and even a larger need for managed. Again, I talk about that managed services and managed SOC 
And now we're looking at, we talked about the CAS, we write things going to the cloud, all the different areas and vectors and new area vectors of attack that are and vulnerabilities that are now available. It's going to cause a bigger need, again, for managed services and experts to be able to go in and truly secure the environment. I mean, that, like, really, I think it leans back to the managed services and security. It's just going to continue to be a problem that we have to address. Good stuff. All right, man. Ben. That wraps us up for today. I really appreciate awesome. you coming on and doing this with me, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was that was fun. All right, everybody. That wraps us up. Uh, security, why I should not run a sock on my own. We got Ben Bowman, the Director of Solution Engineering from the Comcast Maysergy Indirect Channel side. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Solaris, and this is Next Level BizTech. Until next time. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolera Studio 19. Please visit tolera.com for more information.